Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. One of the things you find when, when we become affluent, we become less teachable. Well, don't tell me. You talking about things of God? I'm rich. I know about the things of God. Really? So he says to his disciples, because you remember just before the rich young ruler came, some people came and brought kids and got them on his lap, and the disciples said, get those kids out of here. Jesus said, no, unless you become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. There are those individuals who are professed Christ followers that believe your financial status is a direct reflection of the state of your spiritual life. This is not a new idea. The religious leaders in Jesus' day embraced this idea wholeheartedly, blaming the poor for their condition. But Jesus turned all that on its head when he said that he had come to minister to the poor. So why then is this idea still perpetuated today? Our fleshly inclination is to justify the things we desire. Jesus had some strong words about the destructive nature of wealth, but people continue to lust after it. The heart can't be in two places. You can only serve one master. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 23, with part one of our message entitled, Wealth and Spiritual Health. Bailey, a handsome two-year-old, was ready to romp when his dad, Brian, dropped him off at the downtown daycare center the other day. He couldn't get in the door fast enough. Bailey could hear his friends down the hall and was eager to join them. He knew breakfast was waiting, then playtime, then came lunch, followed by a nap and a snack. Brian says he just loves coming here to the daycare and playing all day long. It's a scene repeated thousands of times a day across America, but more and more of those being dropped off at the daycare centers today aren't children. You see, Bailey is a yellow lab. (laughs) Bailey daytime home is the wagging tail doggy daycare center and for 20 listen just for 20 bucks a day he gets an air-conditioned playroom with non-skid floors special lighting to simulate the outdoors and trained attendants who cater to his every need now Keith who opened the wagging tail center seven months ago loved dogs more than he did his law profession, so he opened this. This is not just a unique one. By the way, I didn't, I'm not making this up. This is in the USA Today. Okay, some of you think, well, where's this guy been all weekend or whatever? <laughs> this is a place, it's a day camp where dogs can wrestle with one another or they can sit on the window ledge and fall asleep in the sun. There's rock music in the morning to wake them up. And there's classical music to calm them down before they go home. Now, in New York, there's another one called 
doggy do and pussy cats too. <laughs> this is a great place, and here they even read to their dogs during the day. That is, if your dog is not doing crafts like making Father's Day cards. The cost, a mere 30 bucks a day. Lest you think this is trendy in New York, the K9-5 to Dog Care Center in San Francisco has a doggy jungle gym as its centerpiece. We even give report cards at the end of the day telling the owners what their dogs did all day long. The owner says we now have a wonderful waiting list. Keep laughing, all of us. Their waiting list is now one and a half years to get in to the doggy center. <laughs> We're crazy, aren't we? We're absolutely crazy in this country. I'm not showing that article to my dog, by the way. I'm not even going to read it to her. We live a good life. Prosperity is evident everywhere. And yet people are striving for more and more. In the latest survey, here's what the question was. What do you want out of life? Really an interesting question. The answer, which surprised me, the overwhelming answer was this. Love, joy, and peace. Now, interestingly enough, they got the right answer. But when questioned, they had no clue how to get love and joy and peace. Now, if you're a Christian this morning, you know where to get that. Because that's a byproduct of what? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace. If you look at Mark chapter 10, verse 23, we begin to see today, we pick up where we left off, where Jesus had been approached by a young man who was searching for eternal life. He was searching for this love and joy and peace, and he was empty even though he was rich. He had great wealth. He was young, and he was very influential. And he came to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, Well, the thing that's keeping you from having love, joy, and peace is wealth. Your wealth. Give it up, give it to the poor, and come, more importantly, and follow me. The young man, as he was facing Jesus, turned and walked away. As he walked away, Jesus began a great teaching about what the disciples and those people in that small crowd had just seen with this rich young ruler. You see, when we come to hear the Word of God, and especially in here where we teach the Word of God, you won't be preached at or shouted at, although I might shout once in a while, but you're taught the Word of God. What is the purpose of the Word of God? The Word of God is for you and me to take it, write the notes, let the Holy Spirit speak to our and listen and apply it and change my life. Your life needs to be changed. My life needs to be changed. I'm trying to be conformed to the image of Christ. I have a great difficult time because I have a selfish nature in me. We'll study about that. So Jesus says to his disciples, Hey guys, what you've just seen here, listen up. Because I'm going to give you a great principle that you need to apply in your life. So you and I need to apply this same principle this morning if we're going to grow spiritually. Let's look at verse 23. And Jesus looked around after the young man left and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich 
Now, we're going to define rich as wealthy people as riches, possessions, and affluence. How hard it is for the rich or the wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. And verse 24 starts, the disciples were amazed at his words. Wealth affects your spiritual health. That's why Jesus was going to share this. He was going to share with them a principle that they needed to understand. Here was the principle. Soon the disciples were to be the leaders of the New Testament church. And what Jesus is saying is, I want you to listen now and understand this principle, because when we're talking about money and possessions and wealth, you will find that those things will have a great impact on your ministry in the early church. They have a great impact today in all of our lives. We don't live without things. They didn't live without things then. So Jesus said, if you'll understand this principle, I'm going to give you right here. Listen up. If you'll understand it, you'll be much more effective in leading the leadership, excuse me, leading the people as leadership in the New Testament church. In fact, just take a gander through the book of Acts and you see how many times money and things like that become and possessions become involved in the church. So Jesus says, listen up. Now, why were the disciples amazed? In the Old Testament, when God made his covenants with Abraham and with David, part of that covenant really included prosperity, wealth, possessions. If they would totally follow God, he would just bless, we would say today, the socks off of them. Now the problem is they didn't obey God. And of course those promises didn't come true. And yet for some selected individuals through the Old Testament, wealth was certainly evident. From that, many of the Jewish people at the time of Jesus, and the disciples probably had heard this teaching, here's what they believed. If you were wealthy, it had many things. It was a sign that God's blessing was upon your life. On the other hand, if you were poor and didn't have much, it showed them, they said, that God really was displeased with you. And that's why it upset the religious rulers when Jesus said early on in his ministry, I've come to minister to the poor. He said, why would you waste your time on the poor? It's the rich people like us that you want to minister to. So the disciples probably bought into this. So Jesus opens the teaching and this rich young man is leaving, walking away around his donkey or whatever, we don't know. And he says to his disciples, how difficult it is for somebody rich to get in the kingdom. You see, for them... And the disciples, to be rich, to be wealthy, was kind of a bridge to God. But Jesus was saying, it's not a bridge. In fact, it's a big obstacle. They were shocked. They couldn't understand it. Notice in verse 24, it goes on, and Jesus says to his disciples this. Jesus said again, children, only time we see him calling his disciples children, how hard... It is to enter the kingdom of God. This had been such a bombshell to the disciples that Jesus has to repeat it again. He says, no, you didn't misunderstand. Because when he said that, no doubt the disciples were going, hey, children, listen up. Now, why did he call them children? I believe possibly for two reasons. The first reason was this. He was saying to them, guys, you've been with me, but if you're understanding is that wealth equals spiritual maturity, then you're really immature. You're like little kids. How many of us today are immature? You see, what Jesus is saying is this. 
If you're equating spiritual maturity with the possessions that a man has, you're wrong. Just because you have a lot of possessions doesn't mean you're spiritually mature. On the other hand, just because you have nothing does not mean, what, that God is against you or that you're disobeying God. He's trying to say that this money doesn't equate to spiritual things, but money has an effect in your life, so listen up. If you're here and if you think you have a lot of things, that means that God has blessed you and that's his blessing on you, you're incorrect. If you're also here and you say, well, you know, I don't have anything, but that's really, you know, God's displeasure at me. Or here's what we're hearing even more. If I don't have anything, then I am really spiritual. I can go to a mountain and give up everything and God really is going to love me because I'm in poverty. That's not true either. So understand that what he was saying, their children. I think the second thing he was saying to them is this. To remind them, if they were going to understand the principle he was going to give, as you and I have to understand it, they would have to become like little children and simply believe his statement. One of the things you find when, when we become affluent, we become less teachable. Well, don't tell me. You talking about things of God? I'm rich. I know about the things of God. Really? So he says to his disciples, because you remember, just before the rich young ruler came, some people came and brought kids and got them on his lap, and the disciples said, get those kids out of here. Jesus said, no, unless you become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. So what he's saying is here to his disciples, you can understand, children, listen up now. The principle I'm going to give you has to be just simply believed. Believe me as a little child. Now, anytime Jesus brings a principle into our life, in your life, it's as if the, the truth is coming from God to me, and I'm behind the cross here this morning, and the truth is coming. What Satan wants to do, he wants to take this truth, just like an air of wind if it would come here, and divert it around me. So I can stand here and say to you, Nice truth, but it doesn't apply to me. It just goes over. And we used to say that when the, when the message came, we'd take salt or whatever and sugar and do it what? Just keep passing it back. Just pass it over your shoulder. Satan will try to do this to you as you listen. He'll try to divert the truth to you. And here's the way he'll do it in two ways as you listen to these radical statements of Jesus. Some people try to avoid the spiritual demands of this passage. This is a very tough passage. It's a very tough passage to teach on in America. It is not a difficult passage to teach on in India. It is not going to be a difficult passage to teach in Peru. But it's a very difficult passage to teach in our society here in America. So some will say that this, these demands in this passage, that Jesus is only talking to the rich. Well, of course, who are the rich? How do you define rich? Basically, this is how all of us define rich people. Somebody that has more than I do. No, it isn't me. I mean, after all, I'm middle class or even low income. It's somebody that has more than me. Now, you know that isn't true. If you live in America this morning, we're all rich. If you don't think so, hop on the plane this afternoon and go down to Chile and Peru with the gang. You'll come back saying, man, you're really rich. Number two, others would say, well, this tough 
radical statement of Jesus is only for those who trust in riches. I got by the first one because I'm not really rich. Jesus is going to go on here and say, well, it isn't only the rich, it's those people that trust in riches. And Pastor Mark, as, as a Christian, you know, I'm spiritually mature. I have never trusted in things in my life. I don't have one ounce of covetousness in me. I'm just totally satisfied where I am today and always have been. I'm such a good Christian. How many believe that? You're awful quiet. That's a bunch of baloney. All of us desire to have more. That's why advertising works. That's a natural part in all of our lives. You see, I believe when I talk about this this morning, it will get quiet often. I believe it got quiet often when Jesus taught it. Because I believe this, there isn't one of us sitting here that's immune to covetousness, greed, and always wanting something more. Nothing. We all have that inherent selfish nature in us. You have it. Some of you are proud that you have nothing, but you are greedy in your mind because you desire more. This is for you. Some of you are very, very wealthy here this morning. It's for you. But all of us are wealthy. We have many blessings. So the principles are for you and for me. We can't bypass it. Now, I love Jesus because he knows this is a hard subject. And he's going to give a little prop here. He's going to give a little visual picture to the disciples. Look at verse 25. He's going to say to them, I know this is a hard thing for you to understand. Just like some of you are saying this morning, man, why did I come here? What is this talking about? He's going to use a little prop. And so he gives this little visual example to the disciples. Look down in verse 25. And Jesus says this to them to kind of soften the blow. He says this. It's easier for a Lexus to drive through the night deposit slot at the Barnett Bank (laughs) than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, somebody came to me and said, you mean I'm going to hell because I drive a Lexus? No, you're not going to hell. I use that because that's probably easier than a Mercedes or whatever. If you drive a Mercedes, praise God, whatever. Now, the reason I use that is not too many of us have ridden on a camel. It's hard for us to understand. But what Jesus was trying to say was this. Look down in verse 25. We'll read it the right way. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, do you believe that when Jesus said this, as he's trying to explain this, do you believe he said this to his disciples? Now listen up, children. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now think about it. You think he did that? No. I'm watching a great video of of the book of Matthew. It's the NIV, he just goes through and a guy portrays Jesus. Again, his own understanding or whatever. But I believe Jesus said this. You guys, hey children, listen to this. You know the camel with all the big humps? You know an eye of a needle? See, a camel in those days was the largest animal in Israel. And the smallest opening that Jesus could think about was an eye of a needle. So he did this. Hey guys, you know a camel? It's more difficult for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. <laughs> than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Can you see the humps trying to go through? I believe it was a great joke because they're going, wait a minute, that's impossible. And he's going, that's what I'm trying to tell you. 
I believe it was trying to say it's a difficult... You don't get. And what I just showed you, you don't get. It's like driving your Mercedes or your Lexus to the bank and trying to put it in that little slot. You, you can't do it. You can bring it down to the smallest part. You can't get it through there. It just can't happen. This is what Jesus is saying. So here's two points from this that he's going to bring out. first one is this. It is difficult for anyone who trusts in riches to enter the kingdom of God. The first thing Jesus is talking about here is somebody who is already rich. Now why is it difficult for somebody who is very wealthy, who has lots of things, lots of possessions like you and I have, why is it difficult for them to get into the kingdom of God? What does wealth do when we have these three changes of clothes or 12 changes of clothes at home. We have plenty of food. We can make our payments. We have one car or two car. We have a bike. We have our health. We have air conditioning. What, what, what does it cause us to do? Why does it make it so impossible? Well, it's clear from the context that Jesus is saying this, that wealth tends to destroy the qualities you and I must have to enter the kingdom of God. So there are qualities, if I'm going to get into the kingdom of God, there's qualities that I have to have. What are those qualities? I believe there are three that I want to talk about this morning. First of all is an attitude of humility, submission, and service. You see, if I'm going to get into the kingdom of God, I have to submit to the rule of God. If I have lots of money and wealth, I'm probably doing well. I don't like to submit to anybody. I want to be in charge. And actually, wealth brings pride, doesn't bring humility. I believe with those things, it makes it very difficult because it's almost impossible then to get in there. Here's three things that I think Jesus is saying. Number one, wealth tends to make us satisfied with this life. You see, the more things I have, the more things I think about, more things. And because of that, what happens is this. My eyes are taken off, my spiritual eyes are taken off the things of heaven. And I just focus on things here. More this, more money, more hours, more possessions, better meals, bigger trips. And my mind's taken off of it. Second, wealth tends to offer false security. Trust in riches rather than in God. The rich young ruler walked away. His safety net was his riches, not God. Where's your safety net? Is it your 401k? Or is it God? Wealth tends to offer false security. Number three, wealth tends to blind us to our need for God. You know, if you this morning are going to look and say, well, you know, I mean, just look at my life. It means I'm obviously blessed by God. And that may be true, it may not be true. Wealth doesn't equate to salvation or spiritual growth. So when you look at your life, we have to agree here in the United States that when we become wealthy, as we all are, we often will say, who really needs God? And what I find in the church, as a general rule, is this. Wealthy people generally just drop by the church. In today's message from the Gospel of Mark, we began the difficult discussion of how wealth affects a person's spiritual health. In our reading, we saw that it wasn't necessarily wealth that was the issue, but the problem of trusting in wealth instead of God. 
It's incredibly easy to become overly secure, satisfied and blind to the Lord when we're distracted by wealth. Pursuing wealth takes away from time-seeking God. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB3145. And the title of today's message is Wealth and Spiritual Health. Or if you'd like, you can just remember today's date. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we hear about the riches that come from a relationship with God. There will be comfort and security in knowing that we will be taken care of despite our financial situation. We will see that there will be a responsibility that comes with wealth, along with the many dangers that can bombard a person spiritually when they're consumed by the love of money. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living.